Thanks for listening to this segment of the Beyond the Game program. We do hope you enjoy it. Just a reminder that the show is listener-supported. Your financial gifts and prayerful support are critical in helping us air this program and bringing the gospel to thousands of people around the world through Sports Talk Radio. Find out more at our website, btgprogram.com. And once again, thanks for listening. Jason Romano is the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. He was a producer with ESPN. He's the author of the new book, Live to Forgive. And we welcome him back on the program via the BTG phone line. Thanks, Jason, for coming on. Great to be on with you, Rick. Nice to talk to you. The book is very personal. You tell your story of forgiving an alcoholic father. Why did you decide to share such a personal story publicly by writing this book? Yeah, it's not something that I ever had planned or intended to do. It's not, um, you know, writing a book was probably the last thing ever that I thought I would I would be a part of or do, and especially writing a book on that aspect of my life. It's, it's one thing to write a book on sports and some of the fun things that you, you know, you love and you're passionate about, but to write it on this and forgiveness and my dad was something I, I never really wanted to do. But it was a combination of a few things, Rick, where I, I originally, back in 2014, I wrote a blog post that was literally four or five paragraphs about me choosing to forgive my dad. And that was probably a year after he finally had started to get sober. And I don't remember why I wrote it. I think I was just trying to really, you know, communicate some feelings and some, you know, uh, emotions that I was going through and just put them somewhere. So I wrote it for a blog and a few people read it and it was nice and kind of just sat there. And then in 2015, for the very first time at my church, I was asked to preach. Now, I've spoken before, but preaching and and speaking are two different things. And I was asked to preach on a topic, and I got to choose what I wanted. So I chose forgiveness, uh, and I shared, you know, some scriptures from the Bible, Ephesians 4, and, you know, Jesus telling us how many times to, to forgive, 70 times 7, and things like that. But then I shared the story of my dad at the end of the sermon. And I saw a response that was pretty overwhelming for me. And a lot of people coming up to me and telling me, me too, me too. And the me too wasn't necessarily, you know, I'm going through this issue with my dad. It was just, I'm struggling with forgiving someone who hurt me. And that sermon, and then another sermon that I gave a year later in 2016 at a uh, youth conference for uh, a camp, a church camp in New Hampshire, uh, where 80 kids came to the altar crying and writing down names of people that they needed to forgive or people that they needed to, um, you know, hope for, you know, kind of let go in a relationship that they have. But I saw those two things happen. And then another conversation with a person who's a pastor uh, who had written some books, and I told him about what had happened. He's the guy that said, you need to write a book on this. And I just kind of laughed at him. But that was really where it started. And then, you know, a conversation here, a conversation there. I got in touch with a publisher, and now we're here in almost at the end of 2017, early 2018, and, and we're about to see this book be released to the public. It's exciting. You mentioned people coming up and talking to you about them sharing their experiences. Me too. So many people, Jason, so many people deal with hurt mm-hmm. caused by someone else and that hurt is seemingly even more painful and even more devastating when it's brought on by one's father. Was it more difficult for you to forgive your dad than it was others you've forgiven? And why do fathers seem to wound so deeply? 
Uh, it was definitely harder to forgive him than uh, than anything, really. I've been wronged in my life. I haven't had a, a lot of situations in my life where, you know, I've, I needed to forgive someone for hurting me. You know, I went through, you know, little bouts of bullying and things like that as a kid, but nothing that was, like, really deep-rooted and, and just created these scars that were there. You know, there was nothing really like that. Maybe a few relationships when I was younger, but this was the one. And so for me, I, I didn't really have anything else to kind of compare it to, but it was, it was very hard to forgive. And I think it is because it's your dad. You know, I think now that I'm a father and I look at it and I say, wait a minute, I have a responsibility to be there for my, for my kid, to love her unconditionally, to be present in her life, to pour into her life, to just be her dad and, and be there for her. And my dad wasn't that for me. I mean, I know my dad loved me. I know he still loves me, but there was a lot of times when he just wasn't there or the alcohol and the addiction that he was walking through and going through took precedent over anything else in his life. And so when I look back and I remember that, you know, he missed my high school graduation, he missed my college graduation, he missed uh, the day I got married, he missed the birth of our kid. Like those are wounds that start at 16, 17 that expand well into my twenties and thirties. And they're hard. They're hard to let go, and they're hard to to um, just kind of say, "Okay, well, no big deal. Let's move on." You know, it doesn't just it doesn't just work like that. And a father is, especially with a young lady, but even especially, you know, also with the, a young man, it is a relationship that can't be duplicated. You can try to replace it with a stepfather or a grandparent or you know, a coach or you know, an, uh, you know, a mentor or somebody like that. But it's not a replacement. It's not a, an exact replacement of who is actually your dad. And that's why I think it's so hard to to let go and to truly forgive when it's a, a wound like that because it's your dad. And you expect more. I think even kids expect more from their dad than maybe any other person in their lives. You mentioned people wanting to just move on and, and simply go on without ever really forgiving Men in particular are especially skilled at just burying the hurt, denying it for so long that they don't even realize sometimes that they still struggle with a hurt that they've compressed. What are some of the steps that you've identified, practical steps in getting to a point where forgiveness is possible? To be honest with you, Rick, I didn't even realize that these sort of steps were something that I had walked through in my process of forgiving my dad. But as I put the book together and as I was working with the publishing company and uh, another guy, a co-writer who helped me write the book and we started to lay out kind of the feelings and the thoughts and the, in the process that I went through, we came up with four things. And the first was the first step was feeling the pain. And it's something when you're going through it, we just kind of deal with pain a lot of times it happens, but we don't allow ourselves to truly feel um, to feel that pain and to let it out. And so that's an important step, I think, to start with. The second one is evaluating the trauma. What is this? What does this pain that I have uh, look like? And it's so important to evaluate it and look at it in a way that isn't just, uh, and, and it's okay to be angry, but to evaluate it and look at it from a point of where does it come from? Where does it stem from? Uh, a lot of this is easier said than done. A lot of this is a lot easier to do in hindsight, but I do realize 
now that I look back, that these were the types of things that I really needed to do and others can, can help them too. So evaluating the trauma is the second thing. The third thing is transforming the wound, which is very difficult because we think about what does that look like transforming? That means something's changing, right? You know, and uh, the Bible in Romans 12 says that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That means something changes in our lives. And with the wound that's been placed in, in, a, in many of us, and we have trouble forgiving and the hurt that's been done to us, transforming it is literally saying, okay, now's the time for me to understand what's happening and to take that, that pain that I have, feeling it, evaluating it, and transform it into a level to where I can at least approach the fourth step, which is making a choice, forgiving the abuser. And it is a choice. You know, forgiveness is something that we all, uh, I believe, need to do in our lives if we want to experience freedom, if we want to experience healing from pain, from things that have hurt us. But it's a choice. And we have to make that choice. And for a long time, I chose not to. Uh, but finally, I think when I got to a point where my dad was in a really bad spot, I really had to do those three things and feel that pain and, and transform that pain and evaluate that pain and, and finally make a choice to forgive him. We're talking with Jason Romano, author of the new book, Live to Forgive. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Jason Romano. I believe that forgiveness, you know, it has to be viewed by a believer in Jesus Christ differently than someone who doesn't have that faith. Obviously, not only does the Bible mm -hmm. tell us to forgive, but we have the example of God who's willing to forgive us of all our sins. How did your faith, Jason, impact you and your journey of forgiving your father? Well, I'll go back to what you just, that part that you said before the question. You said that as Christians, we should view forgiveness differently. We're supposed to, but for me, I was a Christian in 2001 is when I became a believer, and I didn't forgive my dad until 2013. So that's 12 years of being a believer and walking with the Lord and telling people I love Christ and still not being able to forgive my dad. And I think that's a spot a lot of people find themselves. Yeah, and as believers, you're, you're right. We should look at it differently, and we should always look at it through the lens of Jesus Christ because every single day we wake up and we repent or, or give our lives over to God. He's forgiving us for the mess that is all of us. You know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are sinners, and we mess up every single day. And God says still, when you come to me, I will give you rest. I will forgive you. And so we should look at forgiveness through the lens of Christ. But for me, I don't know why. I think my, my flesh or maybe my, my own personal bitterness that I was going through, you know, led me to not wanting to forgive him or truly forgive him. Because I think I... I thought I might have forgiven him at, at, at different points over those years because I used to think forgiveness was when, when I would just allow him back into my life to have a phone call or something. It's like, yeah, I forgave him. I'm talking to him, aren't I? But I really realized after he was at his lowest point in 2013 that God looked at my dad on the same level he looked at me. And I used to think, no, that's, that's not possible. My dad's done all these bad things and I'm doing all these quote unquote wonderful things and, and married and have a kid and have a great job and all this. And so God sees me differently than he sees my dad because of the pain that my dad, you know, instilled into me and my brothers. And then I realized, no, God so loved the world. Like Jesus said, I've come for everyone, 
And that puts me and my dad on the same playing field. That puts me and him on the same level. And when I finally grasped that, that's when I realized, oh, gosh, okay, I need to choose to forgive this guy right away because that's what Christ would do and has done for me every single day. And so that was the moment. And that faith is essential, I think, Rick, in terms of understanding what forgiveness is. And the book talks a lot about that, the spiritual side of forgiveness and understanding who Christ is and literally what he did on the cross, saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Like, he's forgiving the worst of the worst, the people who are trying to kill them. So who am I not to forgive my own dad for the pain he's caused to me? You're hosting the Sports Spectrum podcast now, which last we spoke, you were preparing to launch that. It hasn't been quite a year yet, I don't think. How's it going? What Has it been what you've expected? It's exceeded my expectations, Rick, to be okay. quite honest with you. Uh, it is a lot of work, um, and it's not the podcast isn't the only thing I've been doing. I've also been writing and not writing the book, but also writing for Sports Spectrum and kind of managing their website and helping out with the magazine here and there. So there's been a lot of, of work per se. I mean, the, the podcast itself could be a full-time job. You could literally just do that as a full-time job and it will keep you busy every day. Uh, but it's been wonderful. It's been really encouraging to um, stretch myself in, in my broadcasting experience and hosting uh, something I've never done, um, forcing myself to research and to try and listen back to my interviews and get better at them. But really, the, the best part has been the response from people who've listened. We've had over 110,000 downloads right now on the podcast. We've had tons of response from people who have reached out and said that, you know, specifically that they've heard one episode or another episode. And, you know, to me, that's God just working in and through this, this little digital podcast thing that I'm literally doing in my spare bedroom where I'm talking to you right now. And this is reaching hundreds of thousands of people uh, this year and telling the story of sports and faith and Jesus and what God is doing in the lives of these different people that are connected to the sports world. And I mean, it's way more than I could have ever expected. And it's been going very well. Um, I'm excited to see what 2018 has in store because I think we might try to expand the podcast and kind of take it out on the road a little bit. Uh, we might look to try and, um, you know, get a sponsor involved and just kind of see what God wants to do. So it's it's exciting and things are going very well. And who knows where it's going to be in 2018, but I, I definitely am excited to be a part of it. Well, I've enjoyed it very well. The show is different from ours. I, I very much enjoy the depth of the stories you get into with your guests. Have you had a favorite guest or perhaps a favorite story you were most proud to tell? Yeah, uh, certainly when you, when you look at somebody's podcast, a lot of people gravitate towards the big names. So when you have a James Brown from CBS or a Benjamin Watson from the Baltimore Ravens or an Adam Wainwright from the St. Louis Cardinals or a Matt Chandler, the pastor out of uh, Dallas, and some of these sort of bigger, well-known people, those are always great. You know, it's always wonderful to say you interviewed player A or former player B or whatever. So I love those. And uh, we have a podcast coming up in early January with my sports hero, Daryl Strawberry. And I got to sit down with Daryl and talk to him for 40 minutes about, you know, faith and addiction and brokenness. And it was powerful. It was really, really good. Um, but the stories, to be honest with you, Rick, that I really enjoy, and we don't do a ton of them because they're hard to find. 
because you don't know these people, but they're the ones that we have guests on that nobody's heard of or nobody knows. Uh, we had a, a guy uh, from who works with Nike who was on back in October, Jordan Rogers. Nobody knows who Jordan is. He's, you know, he's a behind the scenes guy. He doesn't have a, a ton of followers on Twitter and he's not like out there speaking. He's just doing his job. He's a guy married with his kids and just a regular Joe. Right. But his story of overcoming addiction is incredible. And I was tipped to him, tipped on to him by a, a friend of his who was listening to my podcast. And he just said, Hey, you should consider this guy as a guest. So I got on the phone with him, talked to him about his story of addiction. And the next thing you know, we spent an hour, uh, on the podcast talking about his story and it was, it was powerful. It was really deep, very raw. And again, I, I, I love those because of the same reason that I wrote my book. It's, it's transparency. And I think when we're raw and we're open and we're honest and we're real, people can relate to that because we can all, we're very good as guys and putting masks on our, our face and kind of covering up what's really going on underneath the surface. But when we take that mask off and when we truly open ourselves up to being able to share what we're going through in life, vulnerability, that's when people can connect. That's when um, people can actually start the process of healing themselves. And that's kind of why it's why this podcast has been so wonderful. And it's what I hope for and pray for that the book can do is, is just help people and walk with people through their brokenness and potentially possibly lead them towards freedom and towards forgiveness. Once again, we're talking with Jason Romano. He's the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast. His new book is called Live to Forgive, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Jason Romano. You've shared this with us before, but since you last appeared on our program, we have a new audience. We're on a new station. So would you share your salvation story with us and tell us how Christ has impacted your life? I'd love to. Uh, It was May of 2001, Mother's Day. And it was a day where my mom and my brothers and myself were kind of getting together for Mother's Day as we usually did. Uh, but my, this time my mom wanted us all to go to church together. And it happened to be at my brother's church, my brother Chris, who is a pastor in Hudson, New York. And he is a, uh, he's also a teacher of the Bible, but he's the first in our family to become a Christian. And Chris, he knew that I had been to this church before. I was a, I grew up Catholic and went to Catholic church a little bit as a kid. I got confirmed and did my first communion and things like that, but I really didn't have a relationship with God or ever have anybody to kind of walk me through what the scripture said about who Jesus was. So at 27 years old, I walked into this church, uh, and something was different that day. I don't remember the message. I don't remember the music. I just remember walking out and my heart was a little different. And so through that, uh, I went and we went back to my brother's house and spent the day together with my mom and my grandparents and just kind of a, a normal Mother's Day hangout. And my brother just asked me, what'd you think of that service? And I said, it was okay. It was all right. And for him, that was like a tractor beam. He knew right there and then that that was his opportunity to share the gospel with me. And so he he just basically motioned to me and said, come here, let's go in the back bedroom for a minute. And we sat down and my heart was open that day to hear uh, and to listen. And my brother shared the gospel and I I said yes to the Lord that day. Now, I didn't know exactly what I was saying yes to. It wasn't this miraculous sort of 
180 transformation for me that just changed my life in the sense of I went from here to here in an instant. It wasn't that way for me. It, it took about a year for me to fully understand the decision I had made, to fully understand who Christ was, to fully understand what salvation meant, to fully understand uh, what the cross meant. And But that was the day. And from then on, uh, you know, I've been walking with the Lord now for 16 and a half years, and uh, I would never go back to the life before that. And I'm just so grateful for my brother Chris and then for all the other people who've helped pour into me over these years. Is there anything specific we can pray about for you? Yeah, um, just for direction and for clarity from the Lord. Um, you know, with the book coming out, January 15th is the release date for Live to Forgive. I don't know what's going to happen with this book. Um, I know I have a lot of people that I've worked with and, and, and had relationships with for over the years at ESPN that'll help promote it, and it could get it into the hands and could get seen by people who have very large influences in uh, in this country. But I don't know what God wants to do with it. I have no idea if it's just going to be a little book that sells a couple hundred book copies and helps a few people. If so, that's great. Um, if it's a book that helps, you know, a lot of people and reaches, you know, exceedingly more than I could ever imagine, also great. Uh, but I, I'm just kind of praying for, for trust in God, trusting in God to do what he wants to do with this book and then for clarity to kind of know uh, and the wisdom to know sort of to walk the walk that he wants me to walk with this new platform that's opening up, which I've never experienced before. I've never written a book before. So I would love for, for prayer and all of that. That's Jason Romano. The book is called Live to Forgive. Why don't you take a moment, Jason, and tell the people how they can get a copy and how they can keep up with the Sports Spectrum podcast as well. I would love that. Thanks, Rick. The, the book is available January 15th everywhere. You can pre-order it. So it's available now to pre-order uh, it's at Amazon, you know, Barnes and Noble, all the places you can buy books. Um, and you can also get it at my website, which is simply jasonromano.com, my name.com. And, uh, so that's the, the regular sort of places that you can get the book. Again, if you're ordering it before January 15th, it will be delivered to your place, uh, your, your home or your work or whatever on the 15th that Monday. So that's exciting. And then the podcast is, you know, available now and it's, we've done 60 plus episodes and, uh, you can get it on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and all the places that podcasts are found. And we also have them archived at sportspectrum.com as well as on YouTube. Uh, you can search Sports Spectrum and every single one of our podcasts are also on our YouTube page. So everywhere podcasts are found, you can check it out and I look forward to hearing from everyone. Uh, whether it's regarding the book or the podcast and just hearing what they think, because that's what we want. We want feedback. We want, we want to hear your thoughts, your ideas, your stories. And um, yeah, it's been a blast to be a part of. Well, you're a great storyteller, Jason. I want to thank you for spending time with us today. I hope you and your family have a very Merry Christmas. You too, Rick. I appreciate you having me on. Merry Christmas to you and to all the listeners. And uh, uh, God bless and keep doing what you're doing because you're making a difference, my friend. We've been talking with Jason Romano. Probably had his dream job with ESPN, walked away from it to follow God's lead, which has led him to host the Sports Spectrum podcast, and now he's got a new book coming out called Live to Forgive. You can follow him on Twitter once again at Jason Romano or visit his website, jasonromano.com. I'm Rick Benson. Come on back. This is the Beyond the Game program. How can I forget? 
forgive myself. 